United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Robert Barron is Program Officer, Israeli-Palestinian Conflict for the United States Institute of Peace. Uh, Robert, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. How are you? Doing fine. A terrible earthquake in Turkey. Yes, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a seven point eight. It looks like at this point, and the uh, the time that I've been up this morning, uh, the death toll has has nearly tripled from five hundred to uh, it looks like thirteen hundred now. Expected to go up some more. And so this has hit south central Turkey, northern Syria. I've heard that there were uh, waves that that hit as far south as. Uh, Israel, Palestinian territories, uh, obviously uh, across the region, that covers a lot of uh, ground. Um, and it's obviously a very politically complex area. So you have uh, the Turkish-Syrian border, obviously very uh, contested, uh, a lot of refugees. Uh, there's all the tensions around the Kurdish issue. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated place and obviously uh, devastating to see some of the, the photos and videos that have come out of there. I wonder if we're going to hear from President Biden on this today. Probably. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think that I already saw one tweet uh, from the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, uh, sending out uh, that the administration uh, takes this very seriously and will be uh, ready to, to help. But it's, it's a lot of uh, question marks about how, how does human, how do humanitarian uh, efforts in this sort of com complex space uh, work? Uh, what will the effect be on the humanitarian effort? Uh, and how will this affect the political dynamics? It's a lot, yeah. obviously, just a few hours in, uh, but it's it's a, it's a complicated place. Right, for sure. Um, uh, apparently, uh, it was felt as far away as Israel. Right, right. Um, I, that's that's what I've heard. Uh, I think it's still it's still early to tell. I think that most of the damage seemed to be contained to uh, southern uh, Turkey, northern Syria. Uh, but yes, again, as I said, the uh, some of the photos and videos just collapsed buildings, uh, stuff that you uh, really only see in, in movies and television. It's it's really devastating to see. Um, speaking of the Israelis, uh, trouble with the Palestinians uh, percolating again. Well, what's going on there? What's fueling this, Robert? Sure. So it's been um, it's been building for years, and I'm sure most of uh, your listeners have are at least somewhat aware. Uh, the past month and particularly the past week have been especially uh, violent, dangerous. Uh, and so for the past few years, we've really seen an erosion of the Palestinian Authority, the governing body in the West Bank, uh, which has uh, increasingly lost legitimacy, lost strength, uh, revenues. And that's led to a, a proliferation of uh, militant groups in the West Bank. That's led to an increasing number of Israeli security raids in areas like Janine and Nablus, uh, in the Northern West Bank, which leads to increased clashes, which leads to more uh, raids and violence. And, and so these sort of increasing friction points um, have led to, to where we are today. Last week, we saw a uh, retaliation raid for one of these raids, or a retaliation terrorist attack for one of these raids in, in East Jerusalem uh, neighborhood against a, a synagogue, killed seven Israeli uh, Jews that live um, in that neighborhood uh, and then that led to uh, a number of other sort of retaliatory violence. And so we're really worried uh, that we could be witnessing a, a spiral around that same time uh, Secretary of State Blinken was, was, in, the, um, was in the region. So mm -hmm. uh, he had to sit down and take a lot of meetings uh, to, to sort of see what could be done to de-escalate. 
I feel like the U.S. is low-key very freaked out by this new Israeli government. Yes. Uh, so that's been the other storyline of the past few months, uh, or I guess particularly the past few weeks, has been uh, questions around what this right-wing Israeli government, the most right-wing government, conservative government uh, in Israel's history, uh, what this would mean for the conflict, for the U.S.-Israeli relationship. If you watched uh, some of the news over the weekend, there were uh, massive um, uh, demonstrations in particularly Tel Aviv, uh, reportedly 100,000 people in the streets uh, protesting not anything related to Israeli foreign policy, but this government's approach to uh, the judiciary and how it will reform uh, to its own uh, advantage, uh, allegedly, uh, the judiciary to put in more judges directly appointed by the government to be able to overrule um, uh, judicial decisions through a Knesset vote. So sort of judicial independence has been a, uh, a major concern for both Israelis, or many Israelis, uh, and, and U.S. Uh, policymakers. Mm. Disturbing. Yes, it's uh, it's it's a it's a big issue. It's a big issue still playing out, um, but it's uh, it's even sort of uh, wandered into the economic space. You've noticed that uh, uh, a lot of these uh, demonstrators have come from one of the sort of jewels in the crown of the Israeli economy, which is the uh, the tech space. And uh, there's been a lot of debate in Israeli uh, media and, and politics about what this sort of judicial independence and these reforms would mean for. Uh, Israel's relationship with the global economy, whether it would be a, a financial risk. You know, when Blinken was there, Robert, he was talking about the two-state solution as if that was still an option. But other uh, U.S. officials of name have have more or less conceded that that's it's dead. Like there's no hope. What's the current thinking on that? Yes, that's uh, it's it's you know continues to be uh, debated um, whether the two-state solution is a feasible option, uh, and it's increasingly contested about what a uh, a two-state solution at this point would mean. If you remember, the Trump administration uh, put out its peace plan that it called a two-state solution that was not considered a two-state solution by the Palestinians uh, or many in the international community and the region. Uh, so there's a real question about whether uh, the Israeli government or the Israeli society uh, is willing to take the steps or, and to be blunt, the, uh, the Palestinian society uh, is willing to take the steps that would be required uh, to, to realize a two-state solution. It seems like that prospect is dimming um, year to year, frankly, month to month. Yeah, it really it feels that way, even though like every now and then it sort of bubbles up to the top and someone will say it and you're like, oh, right. They did talk about that. Um, another another area of concern, Robert, is uh, the Israelis warming relations with the Saudis. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Sure. So that's a priority of the uh, it'll be of the Netanyahu government. He's uh, you know uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, is very much considers himself a foreign policy uh, uh, leader, a uh, global leader. Uh, he's made it a priority uh, to to try to warm relations with the region and particularly Saudi Arabia. Um, it doesn't look like that is happening anytime soon, uh, particularly given Saudi politics and some of the other closer to home uh, issues the Israelis are dealing with. Uh, but in that same realm, uh, obviously a few years ago were the Abraham Accords, which brought um, the UAE, Bahrain, Morocco and Sudan uh, into warmer relationships with Israel. 
uh, in and in the past week, uh, it looks like Sudan is ready to formalize that relationship. Uh, there were an exchange of officials back and forth. Uh, and I think in the coming weeks, we may see some movement there. Robert Barron is program officer for Israeli-Palestinian conflict at the United States Institute of Peace. Thank you so much for joining me, Robert. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.